Worship really is just that intimate moment where you just humble yourself and you just let God work. worship it is an interview with kenny and Brittany gabbard worship leaders at the one church trenton middletown campus this episode was recorded a few months before the new campus opened so it is old in comparison to today when it is going to be released however uh i took a short hiatus uh in between the recording and release schedule um, and after this there will be more regularly released episodes so once again thank you for tuning in i hope you enjoy if you guys just want to introduce yourselves like i said we can kind of jump right in to that first one introduce yourselves a little bit and then kind of go into you know that testimony of what led you to become a worship leader yeah so um my name's kenny i am uh, worship leader at One Church. Uh, we're getting ready to start a campus, a Trenton Middletown campus. So I will be uh, leaving the current campus that we're at and going to be the worship leader at that new campus. And I'm Brittany. Um, I also lead worship at One Church Linwall Baptist campus and will also be going to the Middletown Trenton campus for worship as well. So, yeah. Right on. That's awesome. That's awesome. What and like what led you guys to becoming worship leaders? Like how did that how did the Lord really lead you in that direction? Yeah, for me, my story's uh a little unconventional. Um I went to Boston Baptist College in 2012, uh, thinking that I was going to go up there and become a church planner. And I've always loved music. I never really did anything with that or about that. Um, and then I got to Boston and there was a room that had like a piano in it and I would sit there and kind of taught myself. I knew a little bit about piano. I knew how to like build chords and stuff, but I taught myself, um, how to play piano. I already knew how to play guitar and people basically figured out like, Hey, this guy can play piano. So we should get him into the chapel band. And the chapel band leader at the time came in and he's like, yeah, you can definitely play piano. Uh, usually people who can do that and teach themselves stuff like that can sing. Can you sing? And I was like, no, dude, I can't sing. And he was like, let me hear you sing. I was like, right now, right here. And he was like, yeah, come on. Um, so basically he had me uh, do an audition very on the spot. And I did that and he said, congrats, you're uh, in chapel band. And so my first semester, I didn't really do too much. They kind of assimilated me in slowly. I ended up helping out with worship at the church that I attended up there. And then ultimately, I ended up going there for three semesters and moved home. And when I moved home, I started helping with the youth worship and then ultimately uh, started helping with main service worship. And God kind of really took what I thought was going to happen and going up there and being a church planner and took me like a completely different direction. And I'm really happy because I really love music. I've always loved music. I've always connected emotionally with music. Like before I was a Christian, I really would listen to music to kind of flesh out my emotions or to help connect somewhere emotionally where I was like lacking or whatever. But when it when I became a Christian, music was an awesome way that I connected with God and I really counted a huge blessing that he allows me to serve him in that way, um, in a way that resonates with who he created me to be. So a uh, very long story, but that's pretty much what happened to me. I wasn't expecting to be a worship leader. I didn't think that's the direction God would take me, uh, but he has, and I'm very glad for it. I think it's funny that you said you originally thought you were going to be a church planner, but I mean, here you are years later. And you're you're gonna be you know planning a new church essentially with the new 
with the with the next campus here. right it's it's kind of a like everything coming full circle in a weird way like i'm not i thought i was going to be like pastoral like planning a new church and now i'm doing worship leading but still getting to be a part of a, a new church plant is very exciting for me and uh, definitely something that i feel like god has had called me to do like in the past and now he's like okay you're gonna do it but in this way so <laughs> Yeah, um, and I guess for me, um, I've always been singing ever since I was little, um, when I was old enough to talk even. Um, I've always loved music, always been involved in music. I did show choir, I sang competitively. Um, and then one day when I started coming to the youth group, I was voluntold that I was going to try out for the youth band. Um, so basically they said, hey, you're auditioning after church, so don't plan on going anywhere. Um, and that was absolutely scary. I had no idea like what it was like to even be on a worship team, but um, I tried out and I got on and started singing with the youth band. And then um, the leader of our main service team um, invited me to join. And so I did. And from there, I kind of learned that there was a lot more to worship a lot more to it than just music and singing and musical ability, but that worship was something that we were leading the congregation in just to lead them in worship to God. And, um, it just really started to connect to my heart. The lyrics that I was singing, I was starting to see those truths lived out in daily life. And now, um, that I've grown as a worship leader and that I've grown with the team, um, now I'm starting to see where my direction is heading more worship based. That's awesome. Yeah. And with, so with this, um, I definitely want to get into talking about what is like praise and worship. What is worship? What is praise? And like it's explicitly in the context of you guys as worship leaders when it comes to music. Um, so with that, that first question what, it, to you guys, or, you know, what is the reason for praise and worship? Yeah, I think first off, um, all throughout scripture, it's something that we're commanded to do in order to be obedient to God. Um, I think it's what we see it all throughout Psalms. We see David uh, instructing on multiple different ways to uh, praise God, worship God, and um, even Jesus in, in Luke 4, 8 says, you shall worship the Lord your God. Uh, he talks about worshiping in spirit and truth. Uh, it is something that we are commanded to do, and we are called to gather ourselves together in an assembly. Um, it is also something that we constantly need to be doing to recognize God's work in our life and respond to it. Uh, we praise him for the saving knowledge of Christ. We praise him and worship him for the sacrifice on the cross. We worship him to align our hearts with his and allow his spirit to connect with and speak to us. It's not something that I even think that we just do through song. It's something that should be happening in our prayer time. It's something that should be happening when we're reading his word. It's a, it's a response that we give to what we read or how we see God move through prayer in our life. Our, our church always says at, at the end of every service when they're collecting the tithes and offerings, that's just another way that we worship God. We worship him by being good stewards of the things that he has given us. Uh, it should be a natural reaction in our lives as Christians to the goodness and mercy of God. So that's kind of my my thoughts on, on worship is that it's really easy for the church to see it as just the time where we come in and we do a fast song and then somebody comes up and prays and then we do three slow songs and that's that's worship. But to me, that is one avenue and there are multiple avenues that we should be doing as followers of Christ. Yeah, and I think Kenny summed that up pretty perfectly. Um, and then just kind of adding to that, I just believe that worship is, again, multiple avenues. Um, that it's more than just the music that we sing on a Sunday morning or 
um, just any time that we gather together, um, even though that's definitely one way to do it. Um, but I also think it's just how we live our lives, the things that we do, again, as Kenny said, being good stewards of everything that we have and using it to glorify God. And honestly, I think that sums it up pretty well. So with that, and you kind of went into it a little bit, but I really want to hear a little more, like, is there truly a difference between praise and worship? And, and I guess for context, growing up, um, I come from a non-denominational kind of Pentecostal-esque background. And for me, there was always, in the in the, in the sense of music, there was a difference kind of, and you touched on it maybe a little bit, like where the faster paced up-tempo songs were more so the praise songs um, in the sense of thanking God and and truly being, you know, uh, for his attributes in a sense, right? Um, and then a worship song being slower paced, um, slower tempo, and then truly taking a moment almost to really reflect on how grateful we are for the gifts that he's given us for, for salvation, you know, um, and and again, I guess for context, I I think of this scripture, Isaiah six, um, uh, verse five, um, uh, it, it says, and I said, woe is me for I am lost for I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Um, it's this vision uh, Isaiah has. He's in the in the court of the Lord. He sees the Lord. He sees the angels. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And the whole earth is full of his glory. Um, and he sees all this. And he just has this moment of, of woe is me. Um, for I am lost. Uh, other ver- uh, I'm reading out of the ESV. Other versions um, has I am undone, um, or you know things like that, and just kind of broken. That kind of well, not broken, but almost brokenness of I'm unworthy, yet here I am, and I'm gonna give it all to you. Yeah, I I think that the 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 difference between praise and worship for me, like it's kind of like you said. Uh, praise is like a joyful response or acknowledgement of something good. I, I think a big distinguishment between the two uh, that I would say is that like praise is something that we give to God, but it's I don't think it's unbiblical to also give that to like people. Like we praise uh, somebody when they do a good job or your your kid when they make an awesome play in the sport that they play or uh, when they do something great, like praise is, I think in one way, like an edification, it's like a building up. And I think even like non-believers will say like, Oh, praise God. When something good happens, even if they're like not a Christian, it's like a very casual, like passive things, like, like to just say, Oh, praise God that that happened. Um, but I think in in the context of the church, a lot of times a praise song is like that fast song. Uh, one of the songs I thought of was House of the Lord by Phil Wickham, it, where it says like, there's joy in the house of the Lord. We shout out your praise. That song is like, a, we come in, we're excited to be here. We're excited to worship. We're going to praise God. Uh, in Psalms, uh, I have three references written down here. 33, 1, 98, 4, and 153 through 5, David is talking about uh, we are we're told over and over again to praise the Lord. He is worthy of praise. Praise him in song. Praise him in dance. Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Uh, to praise God with musical instruments. Like, it's something that we can do in, in multiple ways. Again, kind of coming back to that, everybody has their own way of expression. Uh, you said you came from like a more Pentecostal uh, background as a kid, like, I also kind of grew up in that a little bit. My grandparents went to a church like that, and and I can somewhat relate to that. It's a lot of like up tempo, uh, and there's more than just one usually. There's like three or four like up tempo songs. You might mm-hmm. get somebody up there who comes in and sings like a special music song. Um, praise to me, like what it 
how I connect it, I feel like it's a more straight, like joyful thing. Like praise is more of like a, I'm full of joy and this is my response um, or acknowledgement of like that thing. So it's something that can happen in the context of worship and worship songs, or it's something that can happen just in like passing, like something good happening and you praise the Lord. Whereas worship, I think it's a much more intimate thing. That scripture you referenced in Isaiah, like Isaiah just had an experience, like he had a moment there and that's how he processed it. Like, he was undone and he responded by uh, writing that scripture and saying like, I, woe is me. I am unclean. Um, my eyes have seen the, the King of Kings and the Lord then makes him worthy by responding to what Isaiah says by, I think he has like the angel come and put the, coal, the hot coal on his lips and like purifying him. Mm-hmm. And then, Uh, Isaiah has that interaction after I think worship is a is a more intimate thing like that and it leads to a change it it is like a posturing of yourself where you set aside everything else and say like in this moment nothing else matters like in that moment with Isaiah nothing else mattered he was before the king of kings he recognized that he was unworthy and then God moved in response to that um I think it is a time where we quiet our hearts, um, kind of like what we were talking about with the, the way that churches do it. They do that fast, like praise song. And then, you know, somebody will come up or, or maybe the worship leader will pray. And that's the moment like where we settle in, we quiet our hearts, and then we enter in usually into like more of the, the worship set where we put God in his proper place and posture ourselves low we bow down or we kneel or we lower ourselves. That's typically how it's mentioned in the Bible when it talks about worship is it is usually coupled with like bowing down or kneeling. Uh, something I read once also said like um, what I said earlier, we can praise people and build them up and giving praise can be an awesome way to edify and encourage them. But worship is something that's only reserved for God. Back to that verse I said earlier, Luke mm-hmm. 4, 8, Jesus said, you shall worship the Lord your God and God alone. And I think any time that we we praise something, yeah, that's fine. But anytime we worship something other than God, that's idolatry. So all that to say, back to your first question, yes, I think there is a difference. Um, I would sum it up as praise can be represented as more of like a thanksgiving or a response to a positive thing that has happened, whereas worship is like ridding yourself and lowering yourself and longing to commune with God, exalt him and allow his spirit to minister to you. It's more of like an intimate moment. Yeah. And I was going to go along the lines of something like that. Um, you know, like when something good happens or, um, we just see God move a lot of times. That's where we have that joyful moment of praise. Like we praise God for what he's done. We praise God for who he is. Um, and worship really is just that intimate moment where you just humble yourself and you just let God work, um, where we just, we continue to praise him. Yes. Through worship. But I think worship is that intimate moment where we just humble ourselves and we just lift it up to him and we let him work and we let him change our hearts and, and we just let him be who he is. Yeah, that's good. That actually kind of lines up. Um, with another, what I was like looking into this and preparing and, and researching, um, I came across Romans 12 and um, it, it starts with, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. <clears throat> do not be conformed to this world and to what you said, uh, Brittany, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind um, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. So, yeah, that kind of lines up with that, you know, um, that worship kind of brings you in and, and it changes you, you know, and, and it builds that intimacy. Okay, so from a musical standpoint, should we be careful what we take in with praise and worship uh, with our music? 
This one is one that I have a lot to say about and I have wrestled with a lot in the past. Um, I will say this. I think that a lot of songs... I, I shouldn't say a lot. I think that the popular thing sometimes is for worship songs to replace us with people in the Bible. And they'll make it seem like because we don't get along with our boss or something that we are David and he's Goliath and we will conquer because God made David win, therefore we will win. Um, I think that sometimes songs will lend themselves to that. And that can be dangerous because while we as believers we have to be constantly examining our own hearts and making sure that we're not lending ourselves to those thoughts. I think a good thing about those songs is that they do point out God's character and that he, it's all throughout scripture. The first will be last, the least will be the greatest. Um, I think we oftentimes will take songs like that. And while they may be scripturally accurate and there may not be anything wrong with them, that we have a heart problem and that we will lend ourselves to put, replacing ourselves in that song with us being like the victim. And in, in that mindset, like we're thinking about ourselves, We're not thinking about God. We are trying to make ourselves feel better about our situation. And that can be dangerous. Again, we have to constantly be examining our own hearts and make sure that we're not lending ourselves to those thoughts. Now, a song like that might be an awesome, like special music um, where you're able to minister to people by demonstrating God's character with like a preface, like you explain beforehand, like God's not saying that you're David and your boss is Goliath. What he's saying is, is that the things that you face in this life, God has overcome them. And therefore you will, whether in this life or through death and resurrection in Christ. So that's something that I think we have to be careful of with worship music. And I'm not saying even like a lot of worship music does it, but is definitely present. And I think a little bit of prosperity gospel will sometimes creep into worship music and who are we worshiping if all we're singing about is how we're going to be blessed? Um, and I don't mean blessed like by God in a spiritual sense. I mean in a material sense or in a conflict or in something along those lines. I think as long as a song is theologically correct, not outright heretical, a verse that I think really hammered a lot of this home for me because when I came home from Boston and did this for a little while and the first time I, I like did worship leading on my own where I had to pick songs, I really quickly be, went through a, a short period of, of cynicism where I, I almost felt like nothing worked. I almost like felt like none of the songs I could pick unless they were outright just like praise God, praise God were good, like corporate worship songs. I swung completely the, the opposite way for a little while and really struggled and wrestled with like, how can I do this in Philippians? When Paul's in prison, he says, some people were preaching out of selfish ambition and Paul's response to that. Basically people were either mocking him or saying uh, that God put him in jail because Paul was obviously sinning in some way. And that's why Paul was in jail. And then they were preaching, like trying to take Paul's place. And Paul said, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that I rejoice. So as long as a song is not like outright heretical, I think that it's okay. As long as we are examining our hearts and making sure that the music that we're taking in and in turn worshiping God and responding to the lyrics, because ultimately that's what we're doing. We're responding to the lyrics that we're hearing and we're responding in either one of two ways, either one, this makes me feel better because emotionally I'm in this state and I 
want to feel better. So I'm going to use this song. It's got to be good because it's a Christian song, right? And I'm going to use it to make me feel better. Or two, this song is an awesome demonstration of God's character and faithfulness. And because of who God is, I'm going to worship. No matter what happens in this life, I'm going to worship because God is worth it. And whether in this life or in the next, I will overcome it. Yes, and kind of bouncing off of that, um, I think sometimes with worship music, it's easy to make the emotional connection without the lyrical connection. So I think Mm -hmm. that sometimes... um, We'll hear a song, and as Kenny said, like it seems like, oh, this really makes me feel better. Um, that we don't examine our hearts because we think, like, oh, this is Christian music, so there it must just be correct. Um, and we don't often think about what they mean, or are they truth? Are they scripturally accurate? Um, so when taking in worship music, that's definitely something that you want to consider um, and take into consideration. Um, just because you don't want to worship God with false truths or um, with something that's not entirely accurate. So, um, yeah, it's definitely something to consider there. For sure. Yeah. And to your to your point, um, I've definitely, when I, I guess, started taking my Christian walk a little more seriously, um, you know, uh, I examining the music that I was listening to, because like you said, oh, well, it's Christian, so it should be okay, but really taking the moments to kind of read through my Bible and then like listening to some music and like, eh, that doesn't really line up. <laughs> um, uh, and, and I think it, there's definitely good music out there, but music that isn't necessarily <clears throat> I'm sorry. Is it necessarily appropriate for corporate worship as well? Do you have a do you have a take on that? You know, as far as like some good songs, maybe, but like just not where it needs to be as far as corporate worship. Yeah, there. I mean, I would say maybe like <laughs> sixty-five to seventy percent of music that comes out like isn't good for corporate worship. I mean, maybe that number's a little high, but. Most of the time, like a lot of times I feel like the way that the Christian music industry is, is like everybody feels like they need to put out a new album every year or two years. And so they'll just cram experiential things into a worship song, if that makes sense. Like they'll take a vast array of human experience and emotion and then break that up into like 12 ideas and then make songs about it. And Mm -hmm. the other three songs are explicit, like praise songs where, or, or worship songs that are actually good for corporate worship. If that makes sense, I might be being a little uh, dramatic on like (laughs) my numbers and the amount of um, songs that like, I just feel like for me as a worship leader, I really have to filter through a lot in order to get them. And there's a reason why the top 100 songs from CCLI, which is the software that we use for like making chord charts and downloading like the chord charts that we use for worship on Sundays, the top 100 of that has songs in there that are years and years old because truly I think that maybe only a handful of songs come out every year that are actually good corporate worship songs. On the flip side of that, there are definitely a lot more songs than what I just said that come out that could be awesome testimonial songs or uh, special music songs. Uh, Again, Phil Wickham reference here. We did one for the All of Me Women's Conference last year um, called It's Always Been You. And it's a very personal song it's about the writers or the, the person singing the song. It's about our entire life and how everything we can look back in and see, like every, every trial and everything that we've been through, like it's always been God that's been there to pull us through that. That is an awesome truth. It is a great testimony of God's faithfulness. But I think 
it is not a song that we would sing once a month because it's it's a very powerful song it's a very awesome song but it's not like a corporate worship song it's very personal and i think that's awesome i think those kind of songs are great for us to listen to and remind ourselves over and over again um, that God is faithful and that he's good and that he's always been there and he always will be there no matter what the situation is. Those are good things that we need to constantly be taking in, filling our hearts with and reminding ourselves of. But for Sunday morning, I typically will stay away from songs that are like me songs, me or I songs. And I like songs that are we songs because we're a body and I want the entire body to be together and either singing a song declaring like a truth about God. Uh, we did the living God is a song we we've recently done. It is all about Jesus. You're alive, living and breathing. You're here in this place, uh, speaking and healing like, it's about what Jesus is doing. And then it proclaims like death was never going to hold you. So it's never going to hold me. That's a truth that everyone in that body can relate to. We all know that Jesus rose from the dead and conquered sin, hell and the grave. And because of that, death is not going to hold us. And so we in turn, we, we breathe in his presence. We are there corporately to lift him up for what he's done. So those kind of songs, songs that we're able to sing a, a universal truth about God that's true no matter if I'm on the, the mountaintop or the valley, those kind of songs are the ones that I like for corporate worship and that aren't strictly driven on what my emotional state is right now. I'm not saying that emotion isn't involved in worship at all, because it definitely is. Mm -hmm. But if it's the only thing, and we're more concerned about how we feel than the truths about God, then that's where I'll kind of draw that line and say, hey, maybe we need to examine this song and think about it. Maybe it's more of a special music thing to minister to somebody who might be going through this versus a song that we're doing every Sunday morning. But yeah, kind of going off of that um, idea as well, that song has always been you popped into my head as well. Um, like definitely that me and I versus we, um, like looking into a song, typically you want to see, like Kenny said, is if it says me or I, is it a truth that can be relatable to the entire congregation. Like, for example, a song that I thought of, um, he thought of um, The Living God. I was thinking of that song, What He's Done, um, where it talks about um, my Savior bled for me and my Jesus set me free. You know, it talks about um, I praise God for what he's done, but that is something that an entire congregation can relate to, that he bled for all of us, that he died for all of us. Um, he set all of us free. Um, so that's definitely something to consider, like with corporate worship. Um, whereas, like, you know, then there's that, those songs that are more personal, um, which I think those are great. Um, they're awesome testimonies, you know, for people to share maybe as a special music. Because um, there's a lot of times that I feel like the Lord can speak through those. Um, as well, just maybe not through corporate worship. Yeah, I want to personal. I love that you said that. Um, that you said what he's done as a as a reference there because that one. So like a song like that where it, it personalizes it, that can be awesome. And then because of what he's done, mm -hmm. like all glory and the honor to the son. Yes. So I, I love it's uh, to me it's like okay if a, if a verse like personalizes it because yes that is a universal truth like my jesus bled for me and then we go into a chorus where it's just like it's a praise chorus of what he's yes. done all the <laughs> glory and the honor to the son like it's it's a reaction and a response to what we've just sang in the verses yes 
I think that's that's definitely important. It, it something that that made me think of <clears throat> recently that personalization recently um, in a uh, in the class that I'm taking uh, for school. It talks about relationships. It's a communications class, so it's it's about essentially relationships and um, perspective. Um, and we were the assignment was to look at um, the difference. Well, not necessarily the difference, but the perspective of religion versus versus spirituality. Um, and it defined it as religion being that essentially the traditions and the belief system as a whole and the spirituality being that individualized personal uh you know uh, kind of just lost my train of thought oh my gosh uh, but with being that personal um i can't think of the word like are you thinking of like the the carrying out of that belief Yes, a hundred percent yes, and I can't think of the word I was thinking of of what it was it was going to be. But anyways, um, yeah, yes, a hundred percent. You know, um, carrying that out, carrying those beliefs out, developing that personal relationship. In our case, with Jesus and with God, and walking um, with Him. You know, kind of how He designed, right? You know, when He created Adam and then Eve. He walked with them in the garden, um, and I, I think that's a beautiful picture of when I try and you know personally develop my relationship. And when I'm reading and when I'm listening and worshiping, I want to walk with you daily as much as I can. Like walk with me, you know, please, as I go through life, right? Um, so that's that's definitely a great lens to kind of look at it, where. To circle back, a lot of what you said, Kenny, a lot of music nowadays, you know, CCM, you know, modern and contemporary Christian music, a lot of it is these kind of personal experiences that they happen to spread out in 12 songs, you know, um, not to pick on anyone, like any group specifically, but I, I kind of have to, but like Elevation Worship's great, it, it is really good at that. Maverick City Music, they just had their concert series or whatever. They're really good at that. Here's these experiences. Old Church Basement, for example. Here's this experience. Now here's this song. That's not a corporate worship song. Like no one's going to be singing that at church, you know? Yeah. I. It's hard, especially now, because a lot of that stuff becomes really popular. Uh, I think of Gyra by Maverick City specifically, which mm -hmm. like musically is a very good song. And I think parts of it, like lyrically, are really solid too. Um, but yeah. I, I wouldn't ever do that song in like a corporate worship setting. I just think it's too much like, it's too much like about me. And, and then it goes to the chorus where, you know, it's obviously singing like, about God and how he's enough. But so maybe like we would do the chorus at some point, but um, I, that song was a hit when it came out. And Absolutely. I'm not saying it's also like a nine minute song. That's true too, too. So. But uh, <laughs> that's one that's like, as a worship leader and a music person, it can be really, really easy for me to hear a catchy like song and maybe give a song some slack lyrically because it sounds good. Mm -hmm. um, something I try to do to safeguard against that is if somebody sends me a song, like I'll read the lyrics and see what that like stirs in my heart before I even listen to the song. Because if the song is really, really good musically, I might be like, Ooh, I can, I can figure this out. Or, you know, some, sometimes I've even thought like, what if I change this word? What if I just change this one? I, I wish I could remember what song. I literally just thought this about a song the other day. And it was like one one word. I think it was like, I can't remember. If I remember, I'll tell you at some other point. But there was a song I was listening to, and I was like, if I could just change it, maybe it was a line. And I was like, if I could change this line, then I would feel really good about doing this song, Corporate Worship. And it's a really good song. But 
it's something that we have to be careful of is like you said letting our emotions dictate how we worship Mm -hmm. and what we think about when we worship it's really hard because we're emotional beings and music can be a very very emotional thing Um, but Mm -hmm. we have to be careful in how we're letting our heart respond to what we're hearing and now i i know a lot like i've said a lot i want to clear the air here a little bit just because you don't hear it in a church on Sunday morning doesn't mean like a song's not theologically correct. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> so like something we've said, um, songs with a lot of emphasis on me or I throughout the entirety of the song usually aren't good for a we congregation. And so that's just when it comes to what we choose for Sunday mornings, you might come and tell me, a song and I'll be like, dude, that's an awesome song. I love that song. Here's why <laughs> I don't think we should do it on Sunday mornings. And that's something we always have to be prepared, like to give an answer for, especially I always feel I'm always a little worried when somebody brings me a song and I listen to it and I'm like, I'm going to have to tell them no, or I'm going to have to say, here's why we shouldn't do this song. And then I don't want to offend them. And I'm not by any means saying a song is like a bad song just because I, won't choose to do it on a Sunday morning. It's just not all 12 songs on Phil Wickham's newest album are meant to be played in front of the entire church. They're just not. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you guys have, uh, you know, worship leaders, you guys have a, a very important responsibility. Like, like any pastor of a church, you have to, you have to, you know, give an account to that at a, at a, at a later point in time, you know, when we come to the end and we, we stand before God, you have to give an account to that and you have to stand by that. So I, I definitely don't envy, (laughs) envy that position at all because there's some questionable songs out there. It's funny. You mentioned a a song having like one word that you would change. For me, it's the song that immediately comes to mind is reckless love. Great song. I would change reckless with perfect. And then I'm like, that's one of the, you know, best written songs out there. You know, it's, it is fairly biblically accurate, right? It leaving the 99, you know, to go after the one that's in there. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it, but still you give your love away. You know, Jesus died on the cross, you know, for, for our sins. Absolutely. Um, But reckless with, with a very human perspective, reckless isn't the way that we should describe God, though, because he's very obviously, he's just, he's righteous, he he knew what he was doing. It wasn't a brash, knee-jerk reaction. You know, it, it was absolutely calculated. It, this is something he put into motions for years. He, you know, Jesus fulfilled, you know, hundreds of years of prophecy um, with every step that he took, right? So um, reckless wouldn't be the word that I would use to describe it. Yeah, I think I reconciled with that. We kind of had a little bit of a discussion about about this song. I reconciled with that word just because I can see how reckless just has a bad connotation on it in the English language. So I can understand people's quarrel with the use of that word in describing like God's love, but at the same time, like God putting on flesh and coming down here, like to die, that's, I don't want to say it's like reckless, but like if we saw somebody doing that, we'd be like, what are you doing? That's crazy. Like, why would, why would you do that? Why would you come die for your enemies? And so I've somewhat reconciled with that song. I think that one is okay. I would do that, especially with, that would be one that I would, if I was doing it for the first time in a congregation, or even after some time, one, I would be very intentional with what I paired it with, um, because I would want to emphasize the love of God. And two, I would probably preface the song by explaining what I think the author's intent was behind using the word reckless. I think that's a good example of a song that can be kind of controversial. Um, But that's how I would handle that song. We could take it to the next question if you want. 
our kind of our final question because we talked about the theology of a song a little bit i kind of interweave throughout all of it um so the last one that i have is you know what what is an attitude of worship during music look like to you yeah for this one i think it's very easy especially like even for us when we're not scheduled for worship i don't know if you would agree with this sometimes we're like rushing in there and we might even miss like the first song because usually when we're when we're there we try and find like things that we can jump into and help like and serve not related to worship when we're not on worship and so like we'll be running around and trying to get some stuff together last minute or maybe we're talking with people who we don't normally get to talk with because we're usually on stage at this time and you run in there and it's real easy to just sing the songs and not especially for us who are normally on stage sometimes it's it's hard when you're like your routine gets broken and you run in there and you're trying to like settle down to prepare yourself for service. But that time of prayer before we go into the actual worship set is awesome because that's the time when we need to take a deep breath and settle down. And the first thing I think about, like when I think of an attitude during worship is what are the words saying and how am I going to respond? Like rid myself of myself, humble myself and open up my ears to what God is speaking to me through his spirit while I'm in that moment. And if we rush in there and we're too busy and we're thinking about a hundred different things and the teenagers are over and acting crazy during the music or whatever's going on, like if we let ourselves be distracted, it's really easy just to sing the lyrics and, and move on. But an appropriate attitude of worship during music is what is this song saying and what is the spirit speaking to me through this song? And then how am I responding in worship? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and I know for me, like when I think of what an attitude of worship should be, the first word that comes to my mind is humility. Mm -hmm. um, I think of being teachable. I think of um, coming in in preparing your heart for what the Lord may have to say to you or what he might have to work through you with um, and just being there and just opening your heart, opening your mind and just listening for him and just getting your heart in a place where you're not, like Kenny said, thinking about the distractions around you or thinking about what other people around you might think of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, it's about just having that moment between you and the Lord and offering him that worship, offering him your heart, offering him your whole being, your whole life, basically in that moment. Um, and just having that intimate moment, going back to what he said earlier in the question, um, about having that intimate moment with God um, and just not letting things distract you. I like that. I like that. To I guess to kind of close it out, what would be your your i guess your top five not top five but like you know maybe your five favorite um worship songs or maybe what your current five i don't because i mean there's a lot of songs right out there um but what do you what do you got i'm a big phil wickham fan so like just about anything of his in case that wasn't obvious by the the million references i made in the podcast <laughs> um i really like the Living God by Red Rocks Worship that we've been doing lately. There's a song called Abide by the Worship Initiative, which the Worship Initiative is awesome. It's like a collective of people that yeah. put together basically like the top current like worship songs into like albums pretty much. And they'll do instrumentals of them too. So that I, I suppose so people can use them for like backing tracks, uh, which is really cool. I really still like Graves in the Gardens. I really think that's an awesome an awesome song about just how God there's nothing better than God, nothing better than Christ, and then the bridge where it just talks about 
how God takes everything that's dead and can bring it to life. And he's the only one who can do that. So I, I really like that song. I don't know, Brittany, I feel like I'm hogging all the, all the songs. No, it's okay. Um, I've actually just been sitting here trying to think. Um, absolutely. Living God, you stole that one from my list. <laughs> um, that's something that um, I actually first heard when Josie was born. I was putting together a playlist for her, um, and I started listening to that song, and I just absolutely loved um, that idea, just that he's alive, the living and breathing, like just thinking about that, like almost from a human perspective, I guess, like he's living, he's breathing, he's alive. Um, let me think. I had another one in mind, and it's... I think another one for me, one that really hit me, uh, this is kind of doubling back on your last question about like an attitude of worship, but when we first had Josie a, f a few weeks after we, Brittany got scheduled and I wasn't scheduled that week. So I was like rushing around with this baby and she's screaming and wanting to eat and stuff in the middle of the worship set. And I'm like, dang, I really just wanted to sing these songs. And then uh, Brittany sang Make Room that Sunday. And it was like getting smacked in the face by God of like, hey, you don't just need to make room for me on Sunday morning in your worship time. You need to make room for me all the time. And it's even more awesome when your wife's like the one up there singing it. But that song was probably one of the more recent times where I got, I had like a really, really awesome, not on stage <laughs> uh, connection during a worship set despite having our infant baby and trying to feed her a bottle, like God was like, Hey, you still need to make room for me. Cause at that point in time, you know, you're sleep deprived and you're trying yeah. to get some form of rhythm established and things are creating a new normal. Yeah. Things are constantly shifting and I am a creature of habit. Like if I'm in a routine and I, I can be the most disciplined person on the planet earth if my routine is the same all the time, but you drop a feather into my schedule that is out of the norm, like a holiday week, like we're getting ready to come up on Labor Day, it is going to completely jack me up. I'm going to feel off for a month because every, because of one day. So having a child uh, really, really derailed me. And that will, that song, when that happened that Sunday, was just a really awesome reminder that no matter what is going on, I have to lay all those other things down and make room for God to speak to me. And making room is carving out time to read and taking time to pray and doing the things that as a believer I'm supposed to do, not just showing up to church and worshiping, but again, back to that living it out and worshiping, not to say I was like doing anything that I shouldn't be doing. But what I mean by that is like doing the things that, that are worship in my daily life, not just the things that I do in ministry, which can be hard sometimes. I mean, by, especially when you're working full time and doing ministry part time, it's, it can get a little crazy and then you throw a baby in the mix and it gets even more crazy, but it's not an excuse. Like Jesus went to a cross and was beaten and bruised and hung there for me. I can take an hour out of my 24 hour day and worship him through reading and prayer. So that song, uh, all that, a very long winded answer to say, make room. Awesome song. Yes, it's a beautiful song. song. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Um, that comes to my mind right now is Endless Praise by Charity Gale. Um, I feel like when I first heard that song, um, it kind of changed my perspective on worship a little bit because I think sometimes it's so easy to get caught up in like, I'm in the here and now I'm on earth and I'm praising, but that kind of put worship into a little bit more of an eternal perspective for me. Like it even says, I can't wait for eternity, like join the song. They're already singing. Holy are you Lord? You know, um, like talking about standing with those who have heard well done, 
Um, you know, like when I think of that song, it makes me think of um, worship from more of an eternal perspective. So that's one that I also really like. Those are some solid selections. I'm about to blow you guys out of the water with the best worship song ever written by Fred Hammond. You are the living word. Okay. Top tier. If you haven't heard it, listen to it. It is top tier. That's um, a bold I also, statement. The best worship song ever. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I, I'm willing to fight about it. I love that song. It is my favorite 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 worship song i could sing that song for hours um i i absolutely love it um i surrender all is a is a really good one that i love um here i am to worship a lot of a lot of like people and like bands sing it up tempo but when you bring that down and slow it down like for me, like that's like a love, a love song to God, to Jesus. Like here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. You know, here I am to say that you are God. You know, uh, it's just an absolutely beautiful song. Um, and uh, to worship you, I live by Israel and Newbreed. It's a good one. And Hosanna by Kirk Franklin. When I need to jam. Because it is awesome. Yes. Um, another one that just popped into my brain as you were um, saying a few of those. Great is thy faithfulness. Um, I know that's a hymn. It's kind of old. But um, just like when I think about exactly what that's saying. Like great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Like he's always faithful. And we see it time and time again. And he will always be faithful. Um, that's another one. It's one of my all-time favorites. What's your favorite hymn, David? You know, honestly, great is thy faithfulness. <laughs> it is, it's, a, yeah, that um, in Christ alone immediately comes to mind. I really like coming out When now. I think of hymns. Uh, that's one of my, one of my favorites. Great is thy faithfulness. It is well. It is well is probably my favorite Ooh, that is a good one. That one is just, it's an awesome, like, declaration that no matter what is going on around me, that I will sing it as well because of Christ. That that one, that was probably one of the first hymns I heard, like, after I became a Christian. Uh, I became a Christian after high school, so for me, like, I wasn't, wasn't raised in church. I didn't really listen to any Christian music at all. I, funny enough, the first Christian music interaction I had was with a Christian metal band called For Today. And um, they had a song that was not a metal song. And uh, it was, it quoted scripture out of Ezekiel, um, where he was saying, you know, I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. You will be my people and I'll be your God. And I was like, dang, I want that. Like that was one of the songs that like led me to salvation was from a Christian metal band. So I kind of entered the Christian music scene uh, a little weird. And then I went to like the the defaults, like Casting Crowns and Mercy Me back in like 2010. David Crowder band uh, was one of the other ones that I like started listening to early on. And then Elevation really wasn't they were kind of in the beginnings of getting started around then. I think they had an album out by then. Uh, Christian Stanfill, I listened to some of his stuff when around then. But like, yeah, I listened to a lot of like contemporary stuff and hymns. I really didn't learn until like I started going to the church that we go to now, and we they they played them a lot. So I was like, oh, what are these? And then I heard it as well, and I was like, oh, dang, this, that song kind of wrecked me. Yes, and then another hymn that came to my mind. I know we're, we're saying a whole lot, but uh, Tis So Sweet, mm-hmm. um, where it talks about, like, just to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word and rest upon his promises. I sing that one to Josie a lot. Um, but that one absolutely gets to me just because I think, like, 
you know, it's easy for me to take things into my own hands and, you know, just try to stress out about everything. But like, just remember how sweet it is just to trust in Jesus and just to trust his word and just to rest upon him and what he promises us. Um, just because he is so good and so faithful, kind of going back to that idea too. Um, that's another good one. I don't think I've heard that one. You've never heard Tis So Sweet? Not that immediately comes to mind, no. Have we done it at church? If we've done it at church, then I'm sure I've heard it. It's been a while. Yeah, I'm sure we have at some point. Yeah, it doesn't immediately come to mind. I bet if you heard it, you would know it. I like What a Friend We Have in Jesus. That's a a good one, too. That one's a good one. That's a classic. And then uh, Old Rugged Cross. Can't forget that. trying to think. I can't. No hymns like immediately come to mind, but I know, like I said uh, before, um, Great is Thy Faithfulness. That one, that one's a good one. In Christ Alone's a good one. I just had another one that slipped my mind. Is 10,000 Reasons a Hymn? No, that's a... Is that a newer one? That's Yeah, that's a newer one. Let me see. I think that came out in like 2010 or 2011. Hang on, I can tell you. 2011. 10,000 Reasons. Well, we can wrap up there. Yeah, that... That was that was fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me, um, talking about worship and kind of setting that stage and what it means to you guys. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you for having us. Thank man. you.